dropping that knowledge on you. I could not make this shit up. With Kev Nash. Oh, Hercules, Hercules. And DJ Killer Kev. Uh-oh. Let me tell you, boys, you can't make that shit up. The inside. Real deal, straight up. Are you crazy? Hottest <laughs> stories from the world of hip-hop. This is ludicrous. It's the big boss, Rick Rouse. What up? It's your boy, Young Jeezy. This is 50 Cent. Sports. Some of those dogs are the most incredible dogs I've ever seen. And what's popping in the DYT. I couldn't make this shit up. I couldn't make this shit up if I tried. I'm sad that I lack the talent to make this shit up. Here's Kev Nash and DJ Killer Kev. This is why I don't DJ for free. Because niggas don't be appreciating shit. I don't appreciate nothing. No. I don't appreciate nothing. No, you nothing. don't. Man, take a look in that car. Take a look in that car. There's too many for me to handle. They all going to the party. And all they asked about was, who's the DJ? Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev. You Can't Make This Up podcast episode 174. This is part two of our interview with DJ Skano. Yeah, man, sit back and enjoy, man. These are some gems dropped from one of Dayton's true Mount Rushmore legends, man. Let's get it. How did you start or get into the core DJ game? Because that's a huge part of the uh, DJ Skano name to me in the city is affiliating or even teaching the city what the core DJs is even about or what it is. So I just want to know where that came from. How that started. I know a little bit about some of the, uh, I think it was called Techniques was a group back in the day. The Technicians? There you go, Technicians. <laughs> Sorry, I knew it was something. Techniques is the turntable that I use, brother. I, th- I thought it was the same concept, but I thought it had the same kind of twist, but Technicians. <laughs> I knew it so, had. So I was in a group called the Technicians, which was a DJ, or, DJ organization worldwide, but it was run by somebody that was kind of like shading the DJs that were a part of it. So, okay. uh, <clears throat> Another DJ that was also in the organization, Tony Neal, he he confronted a dude about it, and we was in, uh, was we in Puerto Rico or we we was in uh Dominican Republic? Dr. Yeah, we was in the Dominican Republic, and boy, he he raised he raised <laughs> hell. Yeah, uh, letting it be known, and we dipped out of the technicians that day, and after that, I was kind of. Like, not even going to be a part of any DJ organization because of how I felt that organization. T- but Tony Neal uh, started the core DJ organization, and uh, he, he came to me the first time, and I was just like, uh, give me a couple of weeks, let me think about this. You know, so he got a couple of people involved. I think the first member of the core DJs was Big Tigger. Wow. Yeah. Um. So then, you know, he started getting a couple of DJs and the core DJs originally was for that smaller market DJ, not the DJs in the big markets that are already well known It's for the DJs that you might not know, but you don't know that that DJ is the DJ that is making the noise for that market. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the core DJ also is like the DJs are the the beginning, the core, the root of the music. We are the first people to get the music and the first people to break the music to the artists. So that's why it's called the core DJ. So yeah. it um actually we about to have our we about to have a big anniversary in North Carolina mm. uh in March. So core DJs has been around for like what? Twenty years? Wow. We are like the biggest DJ organization nationwide, um, dealing with radio DJs, club DJs, corporate DJs, uh, 
uh, also radio personalities uh, and some national artists like Erica Badu's in the core DJs, uh, mm. Idris Elba's in the core DJs. It's a, it's a, it's a it's a nationwide thing. Like a lot of people thought when they heard me say core DJs in the city or heard the tag on my, they thought I was a core DJs. I'm like, no, I'm just the one that's in Dayton that's promoting the core DJ. Right. And Matter of fact, you had a little short stint with the core DJs. I was going to say, I had a few hot summers with the core DJs. <laughs> I had a few hot summers. I got to, that, that's, that's uh, how I actually met Tony Neal, um, DJing for Tony Rock's birthday in LA. I'm DJing a party. And I knew who Tony Neal was, but I didn't know him. I never met him or nothing. But I knew that Tony Neal would know DJ Skano because DJ Skano was in the core DJs. So I took the chance to went up to him and it was like, hey, I'm from Dayton, Ohio, DJ Skano's, you know, da, da, da. He's like, oh, okay. You know, we met, heard me spin. And, like, he, he remembers me to this day just from, you know, that, that I'm, I think I met him twice. So I've, I met him twice over the years of my DJ career, but – DJing in L.A., um, I think a, a few months, maybe even like that following year, I started getting uh, Skano helped me uh, big time get a part of that and uh, got to see what that world was like. It was dope. Dope, yeah, dope. Dope. You still not involved in any record pools? I really never have been a part of a record <laughs> pool. I've I've de- dealt directly with the labels. I still, to this day, deal directly with the labels. So, nah, record pool, no. That's like mm-hmm. one of the first conversations you and I ever had was about record pools and I was like so because me being that right state you know we would get stuff and I was like man since I don't go to school there no more like I don't get nothing and uh and I was like so I was like so what you like in the record pool is like and you like gave me this look like nah <laughs> <laughs> me record pool no never no nah. and you told me like so I was just wondering like after all these years you still had those great relationships with the labels Oh yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, I when I announced it to some of them, some of them wrote me letters and sent me long emails, and a couple of them even like trying to convince me to go otherwise. I'm like, bro, I mean, I'm I'm about to be 53 years old, man. I'm a grown man now. <laughs> it's, it's time to do other things. I'm married now. It's, it's time to. Is is that what led you down the road of retirement? Is just you know lifestyle changes and quotation marks. Yeah, yeah. And, and church, be, church. Yep. Good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's- I, I basically uh, changed my whole lifestyle. I'm not, you, you don't see me in the club scenes, none of that stuff. Like I'll do my corporate parties and, mm-hmm. you know, events, but I, all the, all the grimy stuff that everybody's known me for, like to play the music that'll start a fight off in 30 <laughs> seconds. Nah. Yeah. No. Is, is that a, is that a hard internal thing for you to kind of know that, you know, thousands and thousands of people and that you are going to see every day in your travels through this city, you know, know you from all these years of, of a certain, you know, they put you in, they put all of DJs, they put everybody in like, oh, they'll bring up, man, you did that one party, you know, and it changed my life. That's how I met my wife. But you don't know, it's just another Friday for you. But like people know you as a DJ and know you as all this. Is it hard internally to deal with? You know, I'm changing. I'm doing it my way and, and people have to, you know, Well, like a lot of people way. know me in the city more. My mix CDs kind of blew up here. Like um, I also DJ for a group called 275 with DeMarco and Snipe yeah. with Tall Entertainment. So we did three big mix CDs that kind of like took over the city. Then I did a uh, mix CD for a guy named Shern that really mm-hmm. blew up. Yeah. Uh, so say 
did a mix CD for him, a K Riley in Cincinnati. And then I did a DBM mix CD and that became like the big takeover of the city yeah. mix CD. Like, like every car you rode by, you heard them playing my mix CD. And I'm like, Whoa, like this really blew up. And yeah. then mix CDs, like I was the go-to artist DJ for mixtapes. That's what I was saying. <laughs> because I would actually promote my mixtapes. I wouldn't just do the mixtape and just set it out there like, yeah, yeah, I did his mixtape, but I ain't helping promote it in no kind of way. Right. Nah, if I if I got my name on it, I'm pushing it. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it helped me too. Yeah. You talked yeah. about those artists you work with on mixtapes. You went on the road with these guys as well. Yeah. Out of town, how's the out of town? How well, how was the out of town experience? How was the road life for you? Back in those days, new man on the scene now. Right? <laughs> road road life is good. I mean, like with 275, you know, we performed with Scarface, Young Buck, T.I. We we did some pretty, pretty nice tours. So uh then, you know, with DBM, you know, it's uh with basically all of uh the Atlanta artists. <laughs> Right. Might as well say. So let's see. Oh, I even did a mix CD for a CC server. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, and then uh, I was trying to get your boy Smoke to do one. Yeah. He's still, <laughs> he's still doing them too. <laughs> yeah. He, he, the last songs he sent me was kind of jumping. And I was like, bro, you got to let me do this. <laughs> yeah. But then I didn't hear anything else. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be here next week. <laughs> Let's get him over Too here. Too late. Because <laughs> I'm no longer doing those mix CDs. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, you said, so this is not a retirement from music. No, not a retirement from music, but it is a retirement from any negative hip hop that it downgrades our own race for one, because most of our, most of the hip hop out there is negative towards us. Mm -hmm. Like it downgrades our women. Well, degrades our women. It degrades our men. It's showing you how to rob your man or your woman or people in general. Showing you how to sell drugs, do drugs. Now the the, the new thing is, let me tell you how to do every drug out there. Right. Yeah. You'll be in the cool thing, and I'm like, what? So my question is, how do you? Where do you draw the line with that? Because you speak of like. You know, saying old school, and then my first thinking of old school would be thinking like, I don't know, uh, you say uh, N.W.A. Is that still in the playlist? Some N.W.A. Express yourself. <laughs> Some N.W.A. Okay, so I'm just trying to get a gauge of like. But you know, I got clean versions of stuff. So. Oh yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Well, I know. I'm just saying, like, there, like, how do you draw the line on? Are you just gonna say like? these specific songs are no longer eligible if the song it doesn't have any substance in it to me i'm cool on it okay like back in the day we had songs we had your club songs we had your make you feel good songs but we just don't have songs that's just telling you how to flat go out and just rob the dude next door and cut them up, put them in a box, burn the box, and all that kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> giving oh. you the ABC. I don't understand this stuff today. And then, like, like, some of the tracks I like, but some of the people you like, man, why are you using auto-tune just because the last three artists that made it use auto-tune? Why are you doing it? 
And then how are you going to do your show? Yeah. Because you don't have an auto-tune mic. So what's your show going to sound like? Mm-hmm. I think the thing for today is there's no balance. I think it's all or nothing. I think it's all geared towards one lane of Well, it's music. all geared toward the money. So yeah. whatever they feel like is making the money is the only thing that's going to be pushed. Right. So I and think right now, the only things that are making money is negative. Like, they're, I mean, you got a few people. You still got Commons. You got Kendrick Lamar. And you got you got a couple of people that still Cold. can can throw a couple of, you know, things in there. But, oh no, this new millennium. I think, yeah, like I was saying, I think there's no balance. I think there, for every NWA, there was a public enemy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There was a, a balance of, like, you can – you can have your Queen Latifah's and you can have your little Kim's. Like just yeah. now, but it's also just... it was less artists out there than right, it is right, now. Right, right, right. So that's my whole question for you. Do you think? Uh, how do you feel about with today's technology? You just think it's just too easy for people just to decide? Hey, on Tuesday, that's when I'm gonna become a DJ. Well, and the... if it don't pop for me that weekend on that following Tuesday, I'm gonna become a rapper. I'm gonna tell you what killed most of the music game: social media. Mm. Break it down. Yeah, talk on that. Social media. Because, for one, we are the only genre that destroys our artists. We are the only genre that, if artists is doing good, we will get on social media and dog them, and the whole world believes it. You don't see any other genre. No rock and roll artists do it. No pop artists do it. No old school artists do it. I thought you was going a different route. I thought you were going to say hip-hop in general, is like the only genre of music that doesn't celebrate their legends. Because, I mean... Well, we don't. To this day, mm-hmm. like, my mom and my aunt just went to an Aerosmith concert, you mm-hmm. know, last summer. Like, and, like, my little cousin, she's 24, and she went and had a blast. Like, but, like, if I was to invite her to, like, all right, we're going to go check out uh, Chuck D perform. She's going to be like, who? You know what I'm saying? It's it's just different. I don't know why it's different with hip-hop music. Yeah. yeah. And then hip-hop is the only genre that does these one-off concerts. They call it a concert, but the artist only has one song. Mm. Like, he had one hit song, and you selling people tickets for $50 to hear one song. (laughs) And they stand for the other four that they don't know. Right. Like, (laughs) we are the only genre that does that. Like, why? And why are we so gullible to go to this show? Yeah, I think that would be the. I think that's bigger the problem because I don't knock the person who's 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 uh making music and the promoter that is is booking them. Like if if I'm a MC so and so and I got one hot record and promoter wants to pay me ten thousand dollars to perform that song. Yeah, I mean I can't can't be mad at the the artist if the promoter is dumb enough to pay this type of money. (laughs) Just, Just just be real because. You know, we have a lot of promoters in the city and they bring in these artists and, you know, I never heard of some of these dudes. But you, not, pay, not, you, pay, you paying the price for yeah. that one artist with one song, you paying the price of a real tour yeah. with like seven well-known artists. Exactly. You paying for one artist. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, that's my whole mindset when people like local promoters ask me these questions about guys that they're bringing to town. I was like, well, it depends on how much you're paying them. And like, I'm not asking you to tell me how much you're paying them, but I know because I work in the radio. So I know like a price range. So in my mind, like, are right, you did these five shows with these 
artists that may or may not be popular enough well, you could take that all that money on those five artists and then bring freaking Big Sean. You yeah. could bring like somebody that ha- can put on a full length forty minute show right? and, and as, have everybody have everybody as opposed to one segment of the population right showing up is 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 is, is uh, I don't understand yeah. that. That's that's one of the things See, I don't get. For me, I've only experienced it from the DJ aspect of like when Club Cream and Mark had all the, you know, Rick Ross in the early days, Plies, uh, Hurricane Chris, um, Dr- Young Droll, like some of these artists, but he was having them like monthly. It yeah. seemed like it was every three weeks a, a, a big name artist will come. Each but, of those dudes at those times had at least three singles. There you go. That's all I was going to say. Yeah, there wasn't a one-offer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they all had. You can give them at three at least. Exactly. And I think people – Coming from that upbringing of of their you know preteens early adult dating upbringing, now they got a little bread and want to do some parties. They kind of still their flowing concept, but the music ain't you know it's it's happening more like what Scano said with the social media. Now we consuming it so much faster that that revolving door is spinning harder, and you getting newer people in that rotation. And the ones that got three hits now they really they price went up. You know, now they really charge. Yeah. So, <laughs> charging, so, charging. So you got to grab Silento for a summer and, and, and bring people in. You know, you got to grab somebody with the one hit because that's what they can afford because they don't want to pay the ticket for the, you know, the the, the art, big tour. The, yeah, the artist that got three hits, four hits. So And then now I think and social media makes it too easy for you to reach out to someone that you definitely have no relationship with. And you think once you got a like or something that you done blew up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we went through this last week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm still dealing with this at home with my wife. Oh, really? From the uh, concert that we went to to see Patti LaBelle. Oh, okay. Uh, she, oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. That's what right. happened? So we went to the concert at the Rose, see the Patti LaBelle. My wife, huge fan. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Shaka Khan. I'm, I'm not Patti LaBelle, Shaka Khan. Come on, Patti. Uh, Patty Pies. <laughs> went to go see her at the Rose. And uh, the wife's a huge fan, got all dolled up, posted a picture, like, thanking her for coming to the city. And Shaka Khan liked it and commented. And she like, oh, that's auntie. You know, she like, that's my that's my number one fan now. <laughs> like, like, that's my girl. So three weeks later passed, she posts something else. She likes it again. <laughs> She's showing me. So now she got, like, two or three Shaka Khan likes. And she thinking like now she could DM her and invite herself over for Thanksgiving. You know, like <laughs> here's the thing. That's What's the, on the menu? That's the homie now. Here, here's the thing: Is Shaka Khan really liking it, or is her? Uh, no, nah, yeah, it's the real one because I, you know, that, no, that, is her assistant oh, controlling the social media? <laughs> it's the twenty year old that she got right. hired to do that for sure. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to explain to the wife. But but like I was saying, nowadays it's just too easy for people to so called search for a bad boy online and then talk to the mic. Throw an MP3 at them yeah. online and spam them to death. Yeah. So, and that's what happens. Like, I'm the DJ of, let's see, I got eight Facebook pages <laughs> and I really only pay attention to one. Right, right. And the rest of them have like thousands of spam messages in the inboxes. Mm-hmm. Check out my video, <laughs> look at my music. Yo. I need you to do my mix CD. Yo, this, and I'm like, man, come on, man. These are, uh, you know, these are times when you're supposed to build a relationship with the DJ, get to know the person. Like, how do you know I even want to do that kind of music? Right. You aren't really 
even telling me about yourself. You ain't even introducing yourself. Just check out my link. Here's YouTube. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Add DJ Skano to the list of people not to tag. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People get mad because, like, people will tag me now. I, even if I know you, I might not let your tag go on my page. Like, yeah. it's my page. Like, precious real estate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, like, are you paying me to be on my page or something? Like, I'm not about to just advertise for every club in the city just because you tagged me in it. Right. Ain't, ain't booked not a near. Skano for nothing, but you man, know. it's a club here that tagged me, and I had to block them. Like you ain't <laughs> never booked me for no event. You want to tag me every yeah. time you do an event? Nope. Yeah, I I have a I have a rolodex full of hide or accepts on Facebook that I, that are just sitting there. That my wife says I am the block king. <laughs> yeah, I will block anybody. <laughs> so you've been with um Shay forty five for fifteen years. Yeah, because Shay 45 started out as something else first. We won't even talk about that. <laughs> okay, okay. So okay. I was with them. We played more softer. Yeah. I don't know. R&B and hip-hop. Mm -hmm. How did that relationship start? The core DJs. How can people listen to it? Um, Core DJ radio show is on every Friday night, 12 midnight till 2 in the morning. It's called the Core DJ radio show. <laughs> and that's on Shade 45 Shade 45 XM, Sirius XM XM Radio That's right You were uh, Was that Was that like a program director position That you were doing Or is that Yes I am retiring from that Oh December 6th yeah. The day after my birthday Which is December 5th Nice And yep. you did that for 15 years About No the program director part Has only been for about Four years Okay yeah. And that's Full control of the radio show on putting the DJs on like every week. We have two different DJs that uh, spend that for an hour. Um, unless Tony Neal wants to get on the show and take over, or mm -hmm. unless I get on the show and take over. But I felt like I was going to do the last day that I was going to do it, but then I felt like I would be kind of contradicting myself because. Okay. Like we play, we play more. all dirty, grimy music. I was gonna go in, but I was like, <laughs> "One last hurrah!" Yeah, and I was like, "Nah, I ain't gonna do that." Yeah, you talked, you, you talked about that in the article about feeling like you know you, you were you were help spreading the poison of of new music. Well, because I am an actual DJ that actually broke music. I mean, I have plaques, yeah, you know, from different record labels, but I feel like. I'm one of the major sources feeding these young people stuff they don't need to hear. Mm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's that's fair, man. Right, that's right. Fair. That's that's 100% fair. Have you had received any backlash for your journey that you're on? Like people like trying to talk you out of it, so to speak? Yeah, I've had several DJs try to talk me out of it. Like, man, you can't lead a game, man. We need you. And man, the artists need you, man. Leave something for the other people and nothing. And then one guy, he was like, man, I mean, he like broke down my interview. Like, you really saying that it's poison? <laughs> like, I don't think it's poison. Like, he, he's more of a debater, but mm -hmm. I'm a debater too. So. <laughs> so everything that was in the article, he wanted to break down to a point like, I don't agree with that. And I'm like, bro, I'm not about to sit here and argue with you, bro. I've already made my decision. It's been coming upon like two and a half years. So my decision. So you just said it's been two, a two and a half year decision. So this isn't a fly by night thing. This is something 
that you've been debating with yourself right. and, and trying to get it and, and finally realize, like, you know what, this is it. This right. isn't for me anymore. I'm only going to DJ the right parties that I feel that's in here. Right. Well, that slogan has been with me for a while because I'll, I'll tell a promoter no with the quickness. <laughs> like if I don't, like if you notice, you really don't, you never see me DJing any strip clubs. Right. I DJed in one strip club for one day <laughs> and never again would I ever do that because I'm not about to chase you for my money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it just wasn't fun. Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of DJs. They, I know, like for me, you know, first year one to year three, if the phone rang, yeah, I'm available. You know, even if I wasn't ready for it, I take that week to figure it out. You know, I took some country weddings that I shouldn't have. I took some pop gigs. I, you know, uh, the like like father daughter dances at schools that weren't didn't want to hear too much hip hop. You know, like but. At that time, I was just eager to have the gig, eager to want the gig, want to want to want it. And it's nice to be able to point in your career when you can just be like, you know, I don't do that, or I don't want to do that. I don't have to do that. Or now you say doesn't have too much hip hop, like you wasn't trying to play any other genres. I mean, like no, I've done some, I've done some gigs where like they, you know, uh, wanted strictly, you know, top forty only. You know, so if it didn't, if if it wasn't, you know, Drake or if it wasn't. Top 100 Billboard, they didn't want me to get too deep into it. So what was your most unique event you DJed? Mm, probably did that African wedding a couple weeks say, ago. Uh, you had that uh, country wedding. Okay, that, you you getting close because my most mu- unique wedding was the Indian wedding yeah. that had elephants but it has skills for All that. kinds of <laughs> animals was at this thing. I mean, like, they was, you look like you was in India. Right, right. Like, this thing, and, I mean, this party was jumping. Like, yeah. I, I did a wedding last year where the they wanted bossa nova music, and I don't even know what bossa nova music was. It's like a jazzier, I don't know. I don't want to get, I don't want to offend bossa nova music, but it's like a, it's like an up-tempo-ish, jazzier, cultural music. And, like, to, to sit there and, like, I'm telling them, like, I might need some, you know, some artists, just some some roads <laughs> some roads of travel to get me in the right place, you know. And th- having those specific gigs, like, those are the most terrifying for sure. Because, like, for me, I've always said I've always respected people that can take three- and four-minute songs and do four and five hour nights, you know, and not play those same 150, 200, 300 songs each week. You know, that's that's a true skill to be able to make a or night. Or in one night. I hated repeating a song in a night, so yeah. I would not. Yeah. Like, that's a true skill to be able to do. And then now to do that with a genre of music that you don't even really mess with, you know, that's really mm-hmm. when you're taking the skill of, of, of DJing and then people can still have a good time. You know, that's 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 what I've always, you know, tried to do. So like I've taken the country gigs, I've taken them, you know, thinking like, well, my mom's had my mom's white. I'll figure it out. <laughs> this, I'll fig- this guy. I'll figure it out. <laughs> it ain't that hard. <laughs> but like like and that's another thing I think that's that's kinda hurt the real DJ is the the let me pull my laptop out and hit the MP three because I downloaded it off of YouTube and now I'm a DJ that I think that's hurt 
the real DJ because this DJ will play this push button song for $50 while this DJ is really giving you a performance and really going in mm. and you want to try to give him $50. Well, I can get DJ Boopty Boop to do it for $50. Well, go ahead and get DJ Boopty Boop because you're not about to get me. Yeah. I'm not about to do that. See, one thing I wanted to ask when you said that, um, my come up was with CDJs as a DJ, not with vinyl. So I wanted to know, like, you always hear how, like, how the difficult or, or just the way it was of milk crates and vinyls. But I want to know, like, what was it like to, let's say, you know, you're DJing every Friday and Saturday for a whole summer. And it's a whole, it's a year, you know, 97, Biggie coming out, all this new music. How hard, how, how hard is it to like for a DJ to have to go make the money they make in the city and then turn around and go buy vinyl records at stores? Mm. Like what was the, what was the pricing like? Like how, how much of that bread that you made was you putting back into it? Just kind of some of that, some of that kind of lifestyle. Like, like, let's see, back in the day, a 12 inch back in the day would be like two ninety nine. Okay. back in the day. Mm-hmm. An album would be like at the most seven ninety nine on vinyl. Uh, mm. Now they raping you for it. Yeah, like, man, they trying to charge you thirty nine dollars yeah. for a piece of vinyl. Wow, shoot, I that saw, might not be the original issue version. I saw Kendrick uh, Good Kid, Mad City vinyl for uh, fifty bucks. Wow, I was like, man, I would really like to have that, but <laughs> you know what? I don't need that. I got Apple Music. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But then with me, them record label reps, hey, bro, I know y'all got that on vinyl because I seen it in a store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you send me that? Yeah. So you obviously been DJing for a long time and DJ had a lot of DJ partners. Who's some of the dopest DJs you've worked with in the city? Ron Hunter. DJ Chaos, but he goes by DJ Divine now. Yeah. Um, Ike B is dope. We not really good friends now, but I mean, I'm just just keeping it real. Mm-hmm. He's dope. Uh let's see. DJ Killer Kev. Appreciate that. DJ Appreciate OPZ. That. You got hey, is, is that record button still on? <laughs> we are rolling. Yeah. Sir. Got it on tape. Uh let's see. <laughs> Uh, DJ LSB. Uh, it's, it's quite a few DJs. I'm just, I'm, I'm the hustler, of course. Yeah. That's, that's like, that's one that I've, I've, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be DJing now. So what was it like your first time DJing with him? I, I never actually got to DJ oh, with okay. him. Um, he just, the one that I learned everything from. Um, and then I got to tell him that when he came to the arena, probably like last year, he came to the arena and I got to thank him personally uh, because he he's the reason I'm doing what I'm doing. If it wasn't for him and me sneaking out at night and <laughs> all the mini clubs that he was DJing at and all the clubs that he owned, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be DJ Skano. Yeah. That's dope. Man. And then, you know, my biggest mentor actually active in my life is Mixmaster Ice from UTFO. So he actually DJ my uh my wedding reception too. So I've learned a lot from talking with him, from definitely working with him in real life and you know, still to this day, uh he's big inspiration. He can tell you 
all the latest things gotta, you need to know about the current DJN and I've, of course the old school DJN. I've never met Mix Mix Master Ice, but I have a uh, a funny story. Last was it last? Yeah, uh, might have been this year. This year, I'm at a wedding, and he was a. Uh, is he from here or from the area? Or well, he's from New York, but he lives in Columbus. Okay, so he was a guest at a wedding that I was DJing at. And the person that came up to me, like I don't remember who this was, but all they said to me was, hey, Mix Master, Mix Master, Mix Master Ice is in the building. And I was like, oh, yeah. I, was like, I heard that name. He's like, yeah, he did Skano's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's something that like I, I remember seeing those oh, clips. Oh, so that was recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, was, okay. that was like this year. Like that was, I forget what wedding it was at, but someone rolled up on me to tell me he was there. And uh, I went up there and introduced myself, just said what's up to him. But uh, their, their their reason for telling me was, yeah, he was the one that discounted his wedding. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I saw those videos that, that you had, that someone that posted from him tearing it down. He was tearing it down. So yeah, it, was, it was nice, man. Yeah. It, was, it was just somebody that, I, yeah. that was like a real mentor to me in the come up of me DJing. Mm-hmm. I, I had to. I had to make that happen. I was like, man, he, he got to DJ my wedding. I won't have no worries. I ain't worrying about him playing the wrong kind of music. And he definitely going to kill it on the ones and twos. And he was like, well, do you want me to bring my controller or my turntable? I was like, bro, I'm going to let you make that decision. But he knew deep inside <laughs> I wanted him to bring them turntables. So he brought the turntables and yeah. he killed it. And then, oh. you know, I have relationships with DJ Scratch from EPMD and then my uncle, DJ Red Alert, I call him. Uh, like old school DJs, I, I got a lot of connect re- relationships with these people, but like they are great at dropping diamonds and knowledge in your ear, helping you out with the business or with DJing or anything, or just in general, just that's how the relationship is built. Just We don't just call each other when we want something. Mm-hmm. Just... That people don't understand. That's how you build a relationship. You just check on your brother, see how he doing. Yeah. You know, like artists, you you try to tell them they they want to force feed you music. Like, dude, buy me a soda or something because <laughs> I don't drink. Right. Like, you, you want me to listen to your CD, but you ain't doing nothing for me. Yeah. You know I got hamburgers cooking. Why you want me? You know, <laughs> I got something on the, yeah. something on the grill. You know, <laughs> yeah, bro, they selling chicken in the back. You gonna bring me a dinner? Right. <laughs> when you did go out to the clubs when you weren't working, how hard is it for you to listen to DJs? Oh my goodness! It's, I tell my <laughs> wife all the time. I hate going to a venue, and then I hear the DJ make a mistake because my mind all of a sudden starts working like I'm about to go to work, but mm-hmm. I can't do anything. I'm just sitting here. Like, and I'm not really having a good time. That's why I was like, I got to have Mixmaster Ice do my way. <laughs> like, because I know it's going to be perfect. He going to pick the right. It, it was basically old school theme. So he going to pick the right songs and everything. He ain't going to play the wobble 20 times. He going <laughs> to play it one time and it's going to be a rap. Right. If you didn't dance to it, then you ain't going to dance to it. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, it's hard. Like, like we'll go to old school night at the arena, and okay, DJ too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, okay, DJ. Yeah, he um, used to rock them bams. I used to go to in high school. Yeah, at the Marriott. So we'll go to uh, <laughs> old school night at the arena, and at that time, KDJ was DJing there, and like KDJ playing old school, but then like. 
stay one night, he's not there, and it's a DJ that I have no idea who it is playing the music, and I'm like, okay, he playing a good song, and then all of a sudden you like, whoa, dude, you just mixed in over the verses. Why? Like, you ain't mixing in over the hook, and you're not on tempo. Like, if I hear them clashing beats and or a DJ that want to talk all over the words of the song, I'm like, dude, at the most, talk over one hook and leave it alone. Yeah. See, I was gonna say that's what some of the, the 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 like I can only imagine for someone with with as many years in the game as you, seeing so many ways DJs do parties, and seeing the ways that work and the ways that were terrible. Like I've seen it to where DJs, you know, like you say, they might have a hype man that's talking Ooh. every four seconds, or themselves might have to fill a new. You read my mind, dog. That was gonna be my next yeah. question. I had one hype man, uh, Shell Shock from. Oh, yeah. uh, from uh, Louisiana, Rouge. Yeah, 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 from Baton Rouge, he was Louisiana, on the for sure, for sure. Yeah, That's that was home. my best and only hype man. Yeah, Shellshot used to kill it. I remember my nights in Evolution when Mark had that on Dixie. Uh, he but he knew it. when to talk on the songs. Like exactly. he would talk during the hooks, not during the verses, unless <coughs> unless he was having you do a a call out thing mm-hmm. where you repeat something. Yeah. Or, I was but, like, he Other was perfect that. at like when the party needed a little extra mwah, you know. Shell shock was just man. Ladies, you know he get the ladies like having you saying something, had the guy saying something, just building up and that. The, pot. And the fact that he was an MC too, he rapped, so yeah. he he knew song structure and things like that too. Yeah, so. yeah, one of my favorites for sure. <laughs> Hey, man, we definitely appreciate you stopping by, man. man. Well, I appreciate y'all for having me. For yeah. sure, man. One last thing. One, my last question is, what's some advice you would give a young DJ coming up in the game? Research the legends of the game. Before you want to go out in the clubs and I got my first piece of equipment and I think I'm ready to go in the clubs. Research the game, like research, research who started this, research who created this. Uh, know the venue you're DJing at. If you like, some people go to venues and don't know how to read crowds. So they think, I'm going to just play this because it's my favorite joint. But that ain't what the crowd is feeling. Like, you got to be able to read the kind of crowd you are like if we had a dress up event you know certain kind of music can only be played unless they request it mm-hmm. you 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 have to you have to be able to read your crowd very well like i had to be i had to be the dj the mc the security guard <laughs> I, I could tell you when a fight was about to break out and you ain't seen nobody throw no blows yeah and i would Give security that signal like, hey, about to be a fight over there in the corner with them seven guys circling the one little guy. <laughs> Especially at rain or cream. <laughs> um, yeah. I would just say try to follow a DJ around, a, a, a DJ in your market that has been doing it for a while. Ask questions. Yeah. But don't be scared to take constructive criticism. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's been an honor, man, for you to, you know, bless the city with uh, 36 years of service. Um, I know us DJs don't get a bunch of thank yous all the time, but uh, from one to another, man, thank you. Thank you for creating a path for uh, some of the people like me 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Have somebody to, to look up to and doing it the right way, man. So thank enjoy you. retirement, man. Uh, I'm going to enjoy, <laughs> enjoy retirement. You'll still see me DJ an event. It yeah, just won't man. be uh just won't be the... <laughs> you won't hear none of that. Yeah. <laughs> How sure. can people stay in contact with you to see the events that you still are arguing? Uh, you can DJ. hit me on my Twitter or Instagram at C O R E D J S K N O uh, on Facebook too. Uh, basically on any, or you can just Google me, put yeah. Core DJ Skano or just DJ S K N O. I'll pop up. Yeah. There it is. Another edition of You Can't Make This Up podcast. Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev. We out. Peace.